there. My name is Sarah Smith. I'm a former congressional candidate from Washington State's 9th Congressional District, and I will be your host for today's very first maiden voyage of our flagship podcast, The Better Left Podcast. Yay! Yay! And I'm joined today by Bill Ryan, by Cassidy Butler, by Troy Hewitt, and by our amazing producer team, Andres and Jay. Say hi, guys. Hey. So we're going to get started with our very first segment, and it is called What the Shit? What the Shit? What the Shit? What the Shit? And that is where we're going to talk about some stories that uh, made all of us this week go, What the Shit? (laughs) And then we're going to follow that up with some uh, a big news breakdown where we talk about some of the biggest stories that happened last week. And then we are going to get into our discussion segment where we talk a little bit about the campaign and how we changed as people and how we changed as parts of the community. And then you're going to get to watch or listen to a very, very fun closer where we are going to try and use magnetic connects to recreate the current platform of Democratic primary presidential candidates. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Do so, have enough magnets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's nearly enough magnets for that. No. <laughs> so let's get started here with uh, what the shit. What the shit. What the shit. So uh, today I came across, not even today, I've been, I've been harboring this story for a long time. Um, there was a burglar that was hiding out in an Oregon bathroom. Burglar, you so say? So a burglar in Washington County, Oregon, uh, state troopers and detectives showed up with their canine unit because they heard some pounding on a door and it was over and over again. It was repeated pounding and they're like, come out with your hands up. And they didn't get a response. So they uh-huh. kicked the door down and their perpetrator was a Roomba. Oh, <laughs> the robots are All taking that over. manpower because uh, Skynet's <laughs> taking over. <laughs> Can we talk about that just for a little bit? I bought a Roomba oh, no. for one reason. To commit crimes. To be <laughs> Yeah. Yes, to, to burgle from my neighbors. <laughs> to burgle. Just their dust and skin and hair. Yes. Oh, DJ, yeah. DJ yeah. Roomba? Yes. Yeah, Anyone? Yeah, yeah. I just kind of want to, what is a Roomba? It's a little oh, robot Bill. vacuum. Oh, my God. You're missing out. Bill, uh, you it's live a very life focused what it is. life, and I appreciate it. Yeah. It's like a robot vacuum that um, turns on when you're away. I need you to YouTube at some point tonight. Cats riding Roombas. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, corn completes me because that's why I bought a Roomba. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, but he will have nothing to do with it. I oh. also follow no. up that Google search with, uh, or that YouTube search with dog poop Roomba. Wait, what? Okay. No. It's the opposite of the cleaned up crime scene. It's basically <laughs> just a Roomba that spread poop all throughout the living room. And, oh. Yeah. Spun it out. That is also what I do when I vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vacuum is supposed so, to suck, not spread. So I actually have a question, though. <laughs> At what point does someone look at their vacuum and say, this, this is not doing it anymore. <laughs> I need... Something that I can turn on that just roams around my room. <laughs> oh, Bill. No, it turns on itself. It pumps yeah. itself, it charges, and then it... Yeah, it like finds its little docking station yeah. where it can charge, and then when you're gone, you can preset it so it vacuums. Jay and I bought an off-brand one from Amazon. We just called it Jeff, and he was one of his Jeff. He tried to commit seppuku by taking off over the stairs, it's though. It's a Roomba, so. it's an Oomba. <laughs> a Romba. Well, and, Romba. Bill, you have to remember that, like, we live in America where everyone is very lazy. Also, um, you know, our backs hurt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, having this robot friend to clean our homes, I, I'm Pretty here for me, it. it's more yeah. like just the nonstop hair. <laughs> right. Same. Yeah. I have hair from guest dogs. I have hair <laughs> I'm from I'm always my shedding. Cat. You're yeah. shedding. Mm-hmm. Sarah's I'm shedding. I'm now, so Bill, no. you walked into this house tonight with a full head of hair. <laughs> 
I've shed a lot. Yeah. For, the, yeah. for those who don't get the visual effect, Bill is a very classy, big bald man. Yes. Well, and um, I have been for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until he walked through the front door and then he just shook all of his hair off. And so, my Roomba was like, oh, <laughs> choking on it. And now, uh, yeah. What about, what about you, Troy? What made you stop and go, what the shit? Well, you know, my what the shit um, is how poorly we are treating Ilhan Omar. Yes, and I am, we are definitely going to get into that during our big news breakdown. And yes. that's why I was like, I know that we're talking <laughs> yeah. about it, but very specifically, I'm hoping that I'm not stealing from the future, future joy, but the idea that people in her own party would abandon her, mm-hmm. essentially leave her hanging with very weak statements of support, very sort of blanket appeals to civility. Mm-hmm. Um, That's for you, uh, Chuck and Nancy, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hat tip, Chuck and Nancy. Hat tip, Adam, who's repping the ninth district, uh, who's the 20, he's going to be a 24 year incumbent who I ran against, who uh, hasn't made any kind of statement of support for Elon. Hard, hard to do that when she's against everything he's been voting for for 20 years. True. Yeah. True yeah. that. Absolutely true that. And also hard to do that when you don't really take a stand. Yeah. Right. But I want to make sure right. we get into that during our big news breakdown. Right. We have more time to talk right. about yes. it. Yes. yes. Um, so I guess uh, that turns us to Jay. Jay's our Jay. one of our. Jay's got a good one. Jay's our executive producer for tonight. And he is also my former campaign manager and my spouse and partner. So, Jay, what is your what the shit for today? <laughs> so, as you all know. I play video games. What? What? It's a, it's a thing. And so I'm very invested in that. And even though I'm not on camera right now, here's the thing that really bothered me. It made me say, what the shit? Uh, we all remember Mr. Bobby Kotick laid off about 800 He's the people. CEO of Activision, for everyone that doesn't know. Yeah, I'm like, I don't company. know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the CEO of Activision Blizzard. He laid off about 800 people <laughs> this last year, even though they posted record profits. Yeah. Uh, and guess what else they did? They paid zero taxes. Yeah. Wow, that's you know what that deserves. They're on a long. They're in a long list of that uh, deserves one of these. (laughs) That's a does it? That's the you didn't pay taxes, and we're living in just capitalist dystopian nightmare future. We've done it. (laughs) We did it, everybody. Hip hip hooray! (laughs) Everybody wave your shackles. Um, yeah, unbelievable. 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 Uh, now, our our uh, co-host Troy actually comes out of the video game community, and I not do. in the sense that he just plays games. He also helps community build and works for gaming companies and helps develop video games. So he's worked very closely with Blizzard. Intimately some, acquainted yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, and have had friends uh, who lost their jobs. Yep. Um, and it is shocking uh, to me that, that this can be our reality. Yeah. It is stunning to me. All of these people, you know, the, the artists, the uh, game devs, the designers, they're amazing. The people that they let go are the creatives, the mm-hmm. uh, community managers, mm-hmm. the communications yeah. people yep. who have <clears throat> helped build the empire that is back to Blizzard. Yeah. And they're flushed 
And if you think creative folks are sacrificable, because we get that impression a lot with the arts, we think that it's sacrificable. Um, we had to enlist a good friend of mine, Jorge Saldana. He's an artist out of um, out of uh, Puerto Rico, yeah. and we had to, you know, ask him to come and do our logo because none of us in a room full of uh, what are we six people? Yeah. Nobody has any artistic talent. No. So <laughs> the second you take for granted your creative people, go ahead and try to draw whatever it is the logo that you're thinking of for your future company, mm-hmm. and you'll Absolutely. realize the value of creative work. Mm-hmm. Or if you are somebody who is, you know, you are a creative and you can sit down and do that stuff, imagine trying to translate that skill into communicating to a million gamers <laughs> who want to you to die in a fire. Yeah. Well, and one one point I'd also make to uh, anyone who is listening to this and maybe working at Microsoft, Amazon, or any other major corporation and you think Devil's trifecta, right yeah. and you think that your uh skill set will save you in, in the when the chopping block comes down mm-hmm. uh it won't yeah. this is how business operates mm-hmm. this is how monopoly capitalism operates you have a very few small number of owners who are always looking to cut to make you know make profits and the easiest way to do that is to cut labor yep the, the, now here's the funny thing this is highly uh, technologically uh, educated labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now the, yep. the unskilled labor in this country, between <clears throat> I'd say ten to fifteen million of them, uh, is what they they have a status as what's called not in the in the labor force, no longer in the labor force, which means <clears throat> they have been out of work and not searching for work. Uh, so they've bought, yeah, 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 gotcha. So, so, gotcha. so they're not on the unemployment so they're not list. they're counted right. as yep. unemployed. They're mm-hmm. invisible people. Yep. They're invisible people. Mm-hmm. So this this is a big issue. So this covers on media consolidation in the video gaming industry, but yeah. it's still media. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, yeah. and, and, and labor rights. Yeah. Labor rights. So we're seeing the very same thing in video games as you see across all entertainment media. A consolidation, a further sort of uh there's one company that rules them all yeah. and yeah. very few get away yep and i mean their ceo bobby kotick is posting 28 million dollars a year in his salary Ugh. but he couldn't Did manage he to bonus? keep yeah and he got a bonus and yeah. he uh, i think it was a couple million but it's pocket just a cup just a couple yeah. million hey, couple mil- hey job creator guys oh sorry <laughs> job, yeah. job creator guys my bad i forgot about that. i didn't Ch- now that you down. feel like that bill <laughs> i still think we should employ aoc's marginal tax rate on his earnings over 10 million dollars mm-hmm. well, uh, <laughs> i'm with you yeah but i mean so that's uh that's a pretty good what the shit that made me kind of scream and try to tear pieces of my hair that's why my hair is blonde now it's actually the stress from this activision thing. it bleached you out it bleached me out yeah bleached <laughs> yes. right out i do want yeah. to add one little piece to this and yeah. that is there is a growing movement a burgeoning strong movement of unionization for video game workers and uh we may know a couple as as there should be and there should also be strong movements of unionization and Every Everywhere. single sector. Uh, oh, Lord, everywhere. it's coming for your sector. Like, and if you think it's not, right? Ooh, and, buckle and, and up. And, and just, yeah. just one, one, one more kind of piece of evidence to buttress that is, so there's this really kind of famous uh, economist, used to be a chairman of the Fed, Paul Vockler. Uh, he's come out very publicly and said that we must uh, repoliticize every aspect of the economy. And essentially all he's saying when he says that is, Labor needs a seat at the table. Yep. Right. And it's not just labor. It's it's not just unskilled labor. Mm-hmm. It's skilled yeah. labor. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you Everybody. something. Let me tell you something. 
in this country, there's a a crisis of unskilled labor. Yep. Yes. And that crisis is, I think, one manifestation of that crisis shows itself up in the fifty thousand that were that fifty thousand people who died last year in opi- from opioid. Uh, yep. Yes. Part of that crisis shows up in that not in the labor force number. Mm-hmm. There's between eight and probably 15 million folks between it's called a prime age working age between 15 and 64 who are out of the workforce. So you can look at data point after data point and see. Oh, that, yeah. That yeah. And, like, and it exists. And like yeah. this is one that we want to make sure we're talking about. I know this is going to come up at a later topic because sure. we have a bunch of labor folks that yeah. we've already pre selected to be guests on the pod They're for coming. later dates, but mm-hmm. they are a coming. Yep. Um, so that moves us on to Cassidy. Yeah. Corn. Um, oh, so Cassidy's yeah. nickname is Corn. My, and that's just excuse what we're going to call her forever. My name is Corn. Her name Korn. is Corn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so um, sorry. So it's kind of weird. That's just what she's going to be. For, I I know, I was it like, feels weird that? in my mouth to say that. Yeah, yeah like right. It. Bad mouth feel. Corn just like feels it. so good. It just feels way better. Yeah, uh, that's a story. We'll talk about it at some point. Or we'll just never tell you. So my what the shit related to Troy's, related to our big news breakdown. So let's just kind of go into that. Um for Ilan Omar, a lot of people, like we were saying, they haven't spoken out. Um, one that mm-hmm. really made me say what the shit and what he did speak out about was Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, so if y'all haven't heard, Tiger Woods won something. I literally yeah. asked you. I was asking y'all. I was like, why am I seeing Tiger Woods everywhere? I had... No, I I forgot about Tiger Woods. I, I, know I don't that's care horrible. about Tiger I just Tiger don't watch Woods. golf. You had to explain like he, had, he he did some kind yeah, of. He won his first cha- or championship. I just Tiger remember the Thanksgiving. Last 10 years or something. I just will never forget the Thanksgiving footage of Elon Nordgren chasing him down with the car while he's running as away from it's their beautiful. estate. I will he, never forget. Yeah. It's like seared in my brain for some reason. He needed to just, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, okay, Obama tweeted, Congratulations, Tiger, to come back and win the Masters after all the highs and lows is a testament to excellence, grit, and determination. Yet he has not spoken out about um, all of the come criticism on, that Elon has been getting. And I think what really irritates me about it is that him, mm. of all people... Mm. Who suffered the same yes. sort of With smears the stigmatization. and... Yep. Like, remember when you were born in Kenya, Obama? Like, let's go back to that. Um, Elon uh, is struggling I, with that right now. Right. I, I think he's a Muslim. I'm uncomfortable with him. So, yeah. so, <clears throat> I got... I got something to say about Obama. <laughs> so, you know, I, I watch, the, I watch the, the pod save guys every once in a while when I have to. And, uh, yeah, you don't some, like them, No, nah, not really. And uh, one thing about Obama uh, that they said about him is he hates to be called aloof, right? Mm-hmm. And he probably Aloof? Hates, like aloof. as a nickname or as the, fe- the personality a, a, feature as, of aloofness? Y- y- as in, like, he is an aloof person. Okay. And I think that one reason he probably dislikes that is because he is an aloof person mm-hmm. probably and i you know like he his inability <laughs> his inability to take a stand on issue after issue after issue during his presidency dude the, the dakota access pipeline shit like that made me so said, angry that he took so long to do anything and then when he did it was like meh he said so many words without saying yeah. anything for like masterful, eight years. Masterful. It Yo, really was masterful. If you want to see him redo this, you can see this almost real time. Last week. Oh, so last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bill's on fire. Oh, within the last few days, Barack Obama was in, I think, Germany. And, okay, just for context, 
Uh, and, and just so we all know now that Russia isn't the only country that meddles in other people's elections. What? Jeez. What? I know, right? So, so he was over uh, talking to a bunch of young organizers, so-called, you know, I, I don't know exactly. Youths. Yeah, the youths. <laughs> the youths. The youths. The youths. youths. He talked to the youths. He talked to youths. Hey, hey. Okay, so. Can you talk like that more often? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's, he's talking to the youths, and um, <laughs> he... Uh, He's he is for almost an hour saying virtually nothing. Yeah. And wow. you can also tell that he is clearly shaken because when he says things like, I was working, uh, you know, I worked a lot nonstop. You almost wanna you could see in his pause, in his mind, he's like, <laughs> I was working nonstop and then Trump came along. And, oh, oh, no. Uh, now now it's only, oh. I mean, do I even really believe oh. what I just told these young people? Poor little bitch. Clearly he doesn't. Clearly he doesn't. Watch the inner monologue come yeah. out. Because I'll have he, to watch it. I'd like to see that. Well, yeah. and, and because he's in the heart of European politics a month and a half or a month or, yeah, a month and a few days before the European Union elections. And he's, all right, you know, he's a ostensibly on the surface, it's public service, right. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Right. He's there with the Obama Foundation yeah. who takes money yeah. from Boeing, from Goldman yeah. Sachs, from, yeah. you know, the biggest corporations in America. Yeah. What he's doing is he's over there trying to uh, get the lay the roots of the Obama Foundation into Europe where they can do private partnerships over mm -hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. And that, that That's almost certainly what he's doing. And so he can probably... Uh, get updates or talk to folks that he's yeah. familiar with from his time in office. Yep. But again, the pretext is kind of, you know, save the world <laughs> shit. The reality, he's it's a, a good Europe cover to, Yeah. Good yeah. cover to put on it. But that's yeah. a good, that's a good what the shit. It leads us right into yeah. our big news breakdown. Oh. News breakdown. Big news breakdown. We're going to come up with oh, sound right Yeah, we'll big have some news sound breakdown. Yeah. I don't know. We'll sing it. Big yeah, news make breakdown. Make a little giddy. I love it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's our, yeah. our sound bit. I'm so, I mean, we're going to just keep going with this discussion because this is all part of it. This The controversy surrounding Ilan Omar. I mean, she made comments about 9-11 and everyone is is either for or against her commentary on Have it. Have you and, seen But it's all anybody? out of context and everything. It's just so jacked. And was it Dan Crenshaw? And like, you know, thank you, Dan Crenshaw, for your service as a military veteran. But come on, man. Do your job and stop taking quotes out of knowingly out of context this and trying to demonize a guy? fellow representative, dude. Come on. The eye patch guy? Yeah. All right. But I want to just step back a little bit. Um, yeah, good for him. I salute you in a way for, that you will see me. Thank you for your continued yeah. service. We appreciate it. We respect well, but, you know, it. But you don't I, have I want to, to do that. that, though. If he's an asshole, he's an asshole. Well, I do. Right? For Bill's I really service, said right? I will salute Bill you in a way that we'll see it, uh, you know, to the eye that you can see, I guess. Are you supposed to salute? I don't know. Here's what I'm saying. I don't know about that guy. I don't want to know about that guy. I mean, I want to know about him. Ilan Omar, as a representative, is tough as nails. Hell yeah, she is. Speaking her truth, living it, doing it, and getting death threats because the president of the United States is- Being a Somali-American woman who came out of refugee camps, who is now a sitting representative and actively wears a hijab to Congress. Good for her. Yeah. You know what? And what a ridiculous world we live in that we have to be like, hooray. Right. And also hooray you know, for being yourself. Yeah. And also <laughs> her comments that blew this whole thing up, which, by the way, a matter of time, racists. She 
was reasonable. Yeah. She, right. she always is. said what she had to say was the least bombastic thing that has ever come out of that body of government. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it was appropriate. It was better not anti-Semitic. Than, better or worse than grabbing him by the pussy. That's what uh, I want to know. Seriously, oh I honestly think when you think about it like that, it is ridiculous that we're even having to have this conversation. And here mm-hmm. she is suffering death threats. Well, and so here's the thing. <clears throat> well, you have to kind of one way to look at Ilhan Omar is look at is to look at her as the personification of uh, the anti-war machine. Yeah. So when yeah. Wally Shahid mm-hmm. goes on the, on the Sunday morning sh- talk shows yesterday and he's like, hey, we've got, you know, AOC and Ilhan have this war machine coming at them at 200 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people seem to forget sometimes is that the U.S. has an, act, has an active duty military that are dropping bombs in multiple countries mm-hmm. and running missions in multiple countries at any given time. There are uniformed soldiers or paid mercenaries that are killing on behalf of the flag. So Ilhan Omar has, I think, been on the receiving end of that type of violence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Firsthand comes from end. that. Has witnessed yeah. it right. growing right. up as a child. And, yeah, and, 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 we're in the context where it's 2019. We have intelligence agencies that are left over from the Cold War that don't really serve the same function now mm-hmm. that they have mm-hmm. historically and need prob- and need to be reformed. But probably suck up way more of the resources than they did when they were first created. Right. Mm-hmm. We we have uh, we're 17 plus <clears throat> years uh, into this war on terror, which is meandering and has been for over a decade now mm-hmm. most people i have pe- I, I know people who are you know it's still in service and i'm telling you these people don't believe in this yeah. I, it's not everybody mm-hmm. that's but, a le- that's a left and right issue is getting us out of these wars because there's no definition there's no clear goal there's no clear measure of progress they're like we're doing better and it's like but we can't see that we just, just see the greatest war budget we've ever seen the pentagon asking for more money but not disclosing why or how they came to these figures And that's actually one thing that adam smith did that i do agree with him on so rep smith actually went out there and he said we have no idea how the pentagon is getting these numbers i want to know how they're coming up with them and i'm like thank you for finally asking the question could we do an we audit been, could we do the audit we've been waiting three years for well i, I got i got <laughs> we, another we audited every other everybody else everybody else hey, not i got one data point i just want one data point because i've looked at this I've, I've tried to dig into this for years <laughs> mm-hmm. because i was always curious when i went into the military because like you know i grew up poor from a poor area and uh you know i went in mainly because of economic reasons mm-hmm. and um uh the kind of nationalist stuff was a little bit secondary, but still there, you know, uh-huh. from yeah. the Midwest, right? So uh-huh. I, just, you kind of yeah. grew up. Kind of you really kind of I want to talk about it on a later yeah, episode. Real, because real patriotic, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, right? No, there really no. isn't. And I would no. say that the four of us, I was going to say the three of us, I'm not sure who I was excluding. <laughs> I think I was excluding myself, but we're patriots. Mm-hmm. Of course. We love America. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, we wouldn't be breaking our backs if we didn't love Anyway, sorry, go on, Patriot Bill. What's your data point? Data point oh, bill. yeah, because I forgot for a yeah, second. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, data point, okay. <laughs> so, no, but what I'd like to know is, uh, because this is honest, I, I kind of believe this sometimes. I feel like the war on terror is little more than our poor going to uh, all across the world to fight the poor of the world because yep. 
because essentially what the war on terrorism is, is it is a market carving out mechanism mm -hmm. uh, in order for multinational corporations uh, in, uh, in to, yeah. to, to gain footing in, in other and nations. And the military industrial complex yep. to spread its influence. And, and Ilan Omar, this, everything that's going on with Ilan Omar, that's, that's all part of this. It's, and it's, if you think things aren't connected, like I love the, well, I'll get into it at some point or I'll make Jay get into it. The philosophical concept of fractals because it's all connected. It's all, oh, yeah. there's yeah. all yeah. parts. It, it's all connected. And if you mm -hmm. think it's not like, man, we'll save that for our DMT episode. I know. Right. We're going to have to <laughs> do like a full break on that, but that is, it is all related. And I mean, it all circles back to Ilan Omar being crucified in the media right now. Well, right? you know, you know, from, you might, you might or might not know it, but um, Livy was a Greek historian, mm -hmm. I think. And yeah. he, he wrote his, you know, he wrote his, I was listening to audiobooks a few years ago, and one point they brought up, this was before the, before the, you know, Rome was what Rome became. Yeah. This was as these kind of, you know. What, like Fun Rome yeah. or, because Fun, fun yeah. Rome was like on the decline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering, yeah. No, this is like Fun probably, the, we I'm thinking this is probably Classic. so, so. Rome that everyone knows would have been around, you know, the the Roman times. One hundred, yeah, <laughs> yeah. one hundred BC, yeah, one hundred BC to one hundred eighty or something is like the yeah. peak, you know. Yeah. And uh, but what what he was writing was like the, the formation period, and what would happen is he's like, oh, as as these towns, you know, they they go through this period of expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, mm -hmm. and as they would expand, it, it would almost be clock like clockwork. The internals would rot. You'd have to devote resources to mending the internals, and then they would quickly this is get that we've had yeah. a roadmap. Boom, 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 History boom, is a boom, flat boom. circle. But, but 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 now here we are in 2019 with seven billion people on the planet. All this technology, mm -hmm. most of it brought to us by oil, but lo and behold, now we've got to get off of oil. Yep. And that, that also ties into the war on it terror. It all circles back together. But, I mean, speaking of history being a flat circle, someone else has resurfaced for the second half of our Big News Breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Whistleblower Julian Assange was arrested last Where week. Where are you at on that, folks? Um, oh, man. I have, I'm have. i just going to be brutally honest. Do and it. I'm sure this is not going to win me any friends. But I'll I have really complicated feelings about it because I believe in protecting whistleblowers. I believe that as long as nobody's endangered, as long as they're not endangering the lives of people serving overseas, people that are here back home, um, that whistleblowers need to be protected at all costs. I whistleblew for a, a company I previously worked for. I'll talk about that on, a, on probably the It was a whistleblowing episode. company. Yeah, I it, it was. It liter yeah. I literally blew physical whistles at my company. They were um, paid to blow whistles. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I believe in whistleblower protections. My reasons, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't like Julian Assange, but I don't like him, not because he's a whistleblower, but I don't like him because he kind of turned into a misogynist D-bag, and he's been aligning himself with Putin. He's been aligning himself with um, Bolsonaro. He's been he's been aligning himself with the alt-right. That is why I do not like him. I yeah. do not like him because of the views he espouses. And let's be real. He didn't whistleblow because of the goodness of his heart. Like when Chelsea Manning whistleblew, she whistleblew because she really right. firmly believed that she was doing the right thing. I don't think she deserves to be in prison at all. No, I, I believe she does. No, she shouldn't be compelled. Really... She should be released immediately. Well, she surely shouldn't be trapped in. No. Isolated. Isolation. Like, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Uh, That's so I, inhuman. I, I, I think she 
has been, but it was like 28 days. Yeah, in, it's uh, ridiculous. And she served more time for whistleblowing than is necessary for, for that's more than the maximum that they're supposed to be giving to whistleblowers. But it's they ridiculous. Give, yeah, they want to really, but they're really trying punish her. They right? really want to punish Because let's be real, it's not just about her being a whistleblower, it's about it's her about being, being trans. trans. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I, and I fully support her, but like when, when Julian Assange was arrested in England, first of all, what, what are you, Thinking, you're going to England. You are you are a wanted international criminal. I don't really know. What are you I, doing? I, so they drug him out of the consulate, and yeah, he yeah, was, the, the, or some, it was something like I I didn't read about the the details about the arrest itself. I've had some muggle muggle job things going on that have right uh, made it hard to keep that. track of everything, but. So, so he had he was in he was in the Ecuadorian embassy uh, yes, for, for many Ecuadorian. yeah for, for yeah. many years with many complaints yeah. about bodily odors and <laughs> well and I, I think one thing that had happened is that the the Ecuador had uh, recently within the last couple of years had an election that allowed uh, uh, in the defeat of the president who was covering for Assange so once that election pull came through it, against uh, Assange's interests it was kind of a matter of time from that moment until this moment. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot of legal maneuvers yeah. behind the mm-hmm. scenes that have uh, been uh, used to, to, to lead up to yeah. him, That's him being the thing extradited. I'm really interested in, in, in the behind. So Assange as a person at the beginning of all of this, I was really, I was, rude for I was him. like, I was like, that's hell great. Yeah. Like, Expose it Stick all. Stick to the man. And then it got weird, right? Yeah. And then he started being like, women should be in the kitchen. And okay, I'm like, but, oh, boy. But I, that, I, I just want to say this this piece, and, and, then I'll, and then I'll shut up about it. But he got weird. And now we are spending time with news stories like Assange smeared feces in the Ecuadorian embassy. I don't have time for that nonsense. Yeah. Nope. Get that out of my headlines. No, like, I, that should not be trending on twitter or it shouldn't be a it's thing weird. that pops up on news like yeah. i don't have time for it yeah. get me to the real world shit like i yeah. don't have time for this right and so correct me if i'm wrong but so from what he got arrested for specifically was that he pressed his sources to continue to steal information after they struggled it? with trying to find ways to get something to stick because it would catch mm-hmm. other journalists <laughs> mm-hmm. like that was the Obama administration and yeah. then yeah they're trying I, to breadcrumb other journalists to yeah. also uh, basically self-incriminate yeah so Glenn Greenwald wrote an article about this and he's just kind of in the first couple paragraphs uh, hits on what you just hit on Troy which was uh, that the the first uh, fact of, or he says the first crucial fact about the indictment is that the key allegation uh, that Assange did not merely receive classified documents from Chelsea Manning but tried to help her crack a password in order to, uh, to cover her tracks it's not new yeah so, right. nothing new no. yeah, this right. is all yeah. old stuff but like he's back in our headlines again so that's kind of crazy well, so, well yeah yeah well, but the backlash too the, I mean the you've biggest got but hackers. one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons that Assange is or one of the most consequential reasons of this Assange issue uh, has to do with the First Amendment. So yeah, yeah, right yep. now, uh, there are um, there are I would argue cultural attempts to redefine free speech yeah. uh, taking place mm-hmm. on the right. Uh, this yeah. is why you wind up with uh, Jack at Twitter uh, on Joe Rogan with the you know uh, yeah. legal counsel yeah. mm-hmm. rather than going through the courts. We're going to Rogan now, which <laughs> which is a sign of like. What so what's the going on? Hell's that, happened actually, here. that's a what the we're, shit. We're going to, we're <laughs> that is a what the shit. We're going to the court of public opinion instead of actual court. So we're going to Joe Rogan. The last time I ever knew he was on a yeah. show was like women 
naked jumping on trampolines yeah. or something. Well, so so, so there's so like, there's that's that. A thing he did. Yeah. So there's that, and then there's this other thing of just like you know, Wik- WikiLeaks being basically a news organization, right? Yeah. And um, uh, it's a it's problematic to go after them the way they're going after the. There, there are many people, I think, who do believe that the federal government is doing this right now to try to attack free speech. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing. Is Julian Assange maybe a weird dude or has like some not but it's great bigger opinions? Than that. And bad yeah. hygiene yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. whatever. But this is bigger than him. And I am fully aware of that. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. He's I, he's a creep. Yeah. No, and not to say I don't care about that, but when it comes to specifically like what we are dealing with, like that really yeah, you have, to, you have to examine it as separate things. So there's the person, Julian Assange, who's a misogynist who allies who's with the alt-right, and, yeah. yucky. But there's also this question of free speech, which I do support him in his fight for free speech. But I want to, uh, I want to, that sounds like a good segue, because we're right about on time for our discussion segment, which we will also get a sound bit for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need music. So we're keeping it a little easy, because I know we kind of hit everybody with a lot for our big news breakdown. But uh, we uh, we're going to kind of keep it a little bit light and short, I think, on the discussion today. So uh, I just want to ask some folks. So everyone that's in this room right now, I have been blessed for the last uh, two years to to at least have met within the last two years during the course of the Sarah Smith campaign in 2018. Sarah yeah. Smith, that is me. You're Sarah. I'm Sarah. Hi. I'm Sarah Smith. You. And every person here, um, we've talked about it ad nauseum in our own personal time, very weepily As over we some pro- wine. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Many, many moons we've done this. Um, and, yeah. Yep, many times we have, many, many nights we've spent talking about these next these last two questions. So I kind of want to round table this off, and instead of a topic, I want you guys to share just... Real quick, there's. I just have two questions about the campaign itself. What did the campaign help you realize about yourself? What did it change about you? And then how did it help change your perspective or your integration in a, a community, any anywhere, any community? So the community generally, one community specifically, did it connect you with more people? Did it disconnect mm-hmm. you? Your community can literally be us. Um, but I mean, yeah, let's, uh, let's start with you, Bill. Talk about it. Okay. Feels like. Yeah, how did the campaign well. change you? <laughs> Um, he started with air. Yeah. <laughs> that joke's going to go on forever. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I would say for, for me, it was, you know, uh, one, it was nice to meet people because I was I kind of just moved out here. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, two, uh, because I'd worked political campaigns in the past, I knew and I, I know and still believe very deeply. So if anybody listens to this and you just like you're sitting around one day like, I want to understand where I'm at. I want to understand more about where I'm at. Volunteer for a political campaign. Yep. Right? Explain a little bit about Be, where I'm at. Yeah, because because I'll tell you, when I was in Southern Illinois, I had a state legislator down there tell me that, you know, uh, or say that, you know, the, you don't know a district until you go out and walk it and not doors. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can work. Yes, it is. You can work in a district or a region for 20 years and go to your job and no, to your no. place and know nothing. I mean, there's, um, or or may, let's just say not know nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you go work on a campaign, you're going to get a different perspective of where you live. Right. Oh yes, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you know, because what's this district? This one thing that I, I so there's two assumptions I had when I moved out here, which was that Seattle's a liberal city. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. I say two, I say three. Sometimes I say. I just talk, but <laughs> <laughs> numbers. You know, it feels up. like yeah. C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But but the other one was is that we know we have mono- I knew we have big monopolies out here, right? So I want to mm-hmm. come skip my eyes on it, see what that looks like, mm-hmm. right? And it looks fucking rough. Mm-hmm. It yeah. looks oh, yeah. like tents on the street. Yep. And people acting like they don't know how they got there. Yep. Oh, that, oh yes. That, looking at you, Ari Hoffman. Right. Hot, Scourge like, of District to, 2. Say, to, to Seattle. You were looking at me when you said okay. that. I was oh, like, no. okay. so, so, so if you go look at Amazon's share price from 2010 to now, it grow, it's like an exponential. Oh, curve. yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me it's tell almost you, a vertical right, line. And let me tell you what that is. It's a bubble. Yeah. And, and you want to know why it's a bubble? It's a bubble because of a business model. Mm-hmm. And, yep. this, and this business model is unsustainable, and Jeff Bezos knows it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's publicly that, yeah. stated, or privately stated, but got publicly right. leaked, I think, yeah. that, that, you know, I his, know. His, his quote about big companies like Amazon die before, you know, before they're 35 or 30 years mm-hmm. old. So he thinks that this company would be going by 2035. Mm-hmm. Well, that means a lot for this area. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So my thing, you know— um, to, so I don't go off on a tangent because I will I will tangent <laughs> yeah. the fuck you get your own out of this. That's what we love about Bill. We're giving Bill his own segment for that. Don't we worry, are, man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. how did it how did it change you? How did all that exposure to the district it change sounds you? Like or connection to community? Yeah, 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 in the, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. get perspective of the district. You get mm-hmm. to meet good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campaign from organizational perspective was flat, which right. was cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so so it's like you know, yeah, so um, yeah, just kind of just perspective, yeah. meeting people, that kind of thing, game yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cor- uh, what about you, Corn? Yeah. Um. So for me, so before I started on this campaign, I was working on Whole Washington's Yes on I sixteen hundred campaign, hey. um, which was awesome, but. Probably like ninety percent of the time, it was just me like working from home, like not yeah. doing community stuff because they didn't have an office. Like volunteers were all over the state, yeah. um, so this was like my well, actually no, it it was a change. I've worked in campaign offices before, but like this was like a community as soon as I came in. Yeah. Well, maybe like a day after I came in, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like a day after Troy found there. me by myself um, in a room texting or phone banking, and he's like, "Can you come?" Hang out with us, and I'm uh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, hey, you look smart and awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and then so he's like, kicking butt. Come wanna... to the communications meeting and do this and do all the things. That's and, good for drinking box And you in the didn't office, by the way. skip a beat. <laughs> well, you dove right in. You're yeah. like, yeah, and yeah. more, and right. you're like, it was, yeah, it was a. And so yeah, just like getting out of my own space and connecting with other humans like face to face. Like I know that sounds really basic, but like it was huge for me. And I mean, yeah, we've all stayed super close after the campaign. And, um, you know, I think what was really cool about the campaign too, like Bill said is yeah, like it was a flat structure and everyone was at the table. Um, and Mm -hmm. I felt that from day one. Um, so that was definitely like my biggest Nice growth moment, I guess you could say. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And Troy, what about you? Yeah, the campaign meant a great deal to me. It it was accidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> There's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, Jason, you know, uh, one of our phenomenal canvassers, uh, stopped my my place as in the midst of me juggling stuff around and trying to figure out some stuff. We were, uh, I was helping my brother open a business and. And he started talking about issues that I cared about and mm-hmm. t- started talking about Sarah Smith. And I was like, I think I saw her when I was watching 
News <laughs> at my grandma's at Christmas time. <laughs> the Fox News, yeah. Yeah. What, actually, <laughs> what it was is uh, the interview of you on the, you were being interviewed, and I want to say, I don't know, whatever, what, what does Murder, She Wrote play on? I know it was at my grandma's house, right? It was like CSI <laughs> TV Seattle or something. <laughs> TV Land. Whatever. But it was like, uh, it might have been like Q13 or whatever, but oh, they yeah, were interviewing Q13. you outside. Yes, that was um, Q13. And, uh, and at the time, I, I reflect, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> but Jason hit me just right at the right moment. Um, I had quite literally given up. And I was just like, nah, I just don't have anything, you know. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Okay. And me and a neighbor went down, went over to the campaign offices and sat there looking around. And I <laughs> we saw Jacob. And Jacob is a, was a, a volunteer. He is a, a person we're still, you know, uh, wildly in love with and, and still engaged. Um, he, he always dressed impeccably. Yeah, I so thought he nice. was in charge. He always wore like a full on like it was like it. suit. Yeah, yeah. He still does. He yeah. dresses yeah. like a manager, yeah. but I well, love it. Don't they say something like you got to dress for the position you want? Yeah, not what you have. One like, day I saw him come in manager. with his shirt unbuttoned. I was like, Jeff casual manager. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at him and I said, "What are we doing?" He's like, "I don't know. I'm a volunteer." And I was like, "Okay." And I tried really hard not to be the guy that was like, "I'm gonna." I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start shorting out, and I, and I didn't for a minute, <laughs> and then a couple of days later was uh, outreach and engagement, and um and it was amazing to me just to to connect with so many, such a, a diverse group of people around issues that were really important. It was a, an absolute revitalization of my spirit, and you know I, I don't mean to um, uh, heap too much praise on Sarah um, just because it's uncomfortable for her. Maybe I don't <laughs> want to do that. But um, Sarah, you were just a phenomenal candidate. You, Thank you. With a, you Absolutely. You Thank you. believe mm -hmm. what you were talking about. And Still do. moments where, you know, you know, behind the scenes, things were chaotic. And <laughs> to have you get up there, you know, I think about mm – -hmm moments during debates. I think of moments where you got cameras on you and, you know, our, our beloved friends from uh, NHK are following us around yeah. and tripping over yeah. bushes <laughs> and popping all over the place. And um, the moment that I knew that I was in it was um, at a very small group gathering at uh, one of the um, businesses, uh, the Columbia City Ale House. Yeah. Shout and, out. And I saw you and we talked and then you, and you and you and I hadn't really connected. And I actually was giving you a space because I didn't want to be one of those right. like, hi, Sarah, hi, Sarah, hi, Sarah. But I really wanted to. And you were like, oh, and, and you too, Troy. And uh, you're here, too. And I was like, she knows who I am. <laughs> and, you know, after that, I just made some of the best friends of my life. Yeah. Now I have a key to your house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We were on John Hodgman together. We were. That's true. <laughs> Victory is mine. That's, Let me it, drink for my it's victory. It's a shared victory. I'd say you, I didn't report it, you. Now, here's a question. I was being nice to you. Is his pretension a show? Or is is, 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 it a a, is it just a, a product show. of this of who It's he a character is. he plays. It's a character. He's so <laughs> nice. The, the, he really oh, is. And, and so uh, he's got a kindness and a sweetness oh, that, yeah. and a I wisdom bet. that you're yeah. just like, here we are just being jackasses. Yeah. And, <laughs> 
And at you know, in the midst of it, it was like Sarah and I are just like, I, you're my top three friend. I love you. <laughs> I even said, well, now I feel guilty. I, I, you know, and, and John, I was like, okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> but it was great. He was, he was That's great. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, no, you were, you are uh, remarkable. And to be able to be a part of that, to be able to help, to have those moments where you're like, I said a thing and then Sarah said it later. Right. Yeah. It, it gives you a sense of like, I better watch what I fucking say. <laughs> also, I hear you when you speak. Yeah. And that. That was the director. I was hoping we'd go with that statement, but. But that's what I mean. Like, but, but you were there for not just me, not just mm -hmm. us, but everyone in yeah. that way. Like you, you, you had a deep, you have a deep care and concern that may, that it continues to this moment. But I believe that that's, that's what continued to keep us together. You know, like the, right. the cohesion we have is facilitated by who you were as a candidate, who you are as a human. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and plus we all like wine. Oh, yes. that too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to mix it up. Um, instead of me going, uh, Jay, do you want to give a quick, uh, a quick, uh, breakdown of how you change as a person? That is a really big question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jay and I could do our own whole hour segment about yeah. that. And uh, I think we will. It's not. <laughs> Why don't you go? Okay. So, oh my God, it's a big one for me. I started out the campaign trail shy and unsure of myself. And I'm coming out of a, a background where I wasn't really told I could do anything. I wasn't really told my, my, my viability and my value lied in anything more than just birthing children. And that was, that was a real subtle value that was present in my upbringing. And it, it caused a lot of friction for me. And anytime I would step up or try to take a risk or try to do something I wanted to do, I would always be shot down or I would always be dragged back down through passive aggression, through a lot of stuff. Um, and I took a real huge risk on the campaign because I was a background person my whole life. And I, everyone tells me, you're so natural in front of a camera. I have been a back, I was a tech theater kid. Mm -hmm. Like I did, mm -hmm. I built sets. I didn't go on camera. I was like a little vampire in the rafters. Oh. Like that's what I did. I changed light gels. Mm -hmm. I didn't step up. I just have a quick question. When you were going through this, uh, these initial stages of, because I'm only asking this because I think, I hope. Uh, that there are a lot of other people across mm -hmm. the country have, going and through this and grappling with mm -hmm. this. How old were you when you were uh, when you were approached to run and thinking about running and kind of like what were you thinking about? Because like, I mean, you I'm just explained it. kind of. What <laughs> yeah, you I was about twenty eight. I think I I think I was just I was freshly twenty eight. Uh, not fresh. It was like February. I turned my birthday's May. It was like stale, stale. I was, stale I was like going yeah. stale in my age of twenty eight, um, <laughs> and I was really lost. And I didn't, I wanted to do more than what I was doing. I wanted to affect more change. I was kind of, I was tired of sitting and posting on Facebook. I, I, I wanted to volunteer more. I wanted to do more. And I started, I actually started working more with uh, women's groups like Ignite um, or Chick Tech and just focusing on women's groups and, and being a Planned Parenthood defender and doing stuff for them. Um, I volunteered with like Iskashita when I was down in, in Arizona. They're, they work with refugees. And it was a great experience. I just wanted to do more. And then I got this phone call from Brand New Congress saying I'd been nominated. And I was like, I've been a background person my whole life. This is going to be crazy. And Jay and I talked about it for a little bit. And he's like, this is going to change our life. And I'm like it is gonna rock my freaking world yeah and i just was given this baton of hey you're the next one to run against adam and it was a baton that one really physically handed me or no every community kind of was sketchy about me at first because i was dark horse i came out of nowhere and um it really gave me a chance to to find my own voice in my life i was a really 
I was a lot more timid and a lot less willing to assert myself. I was much more likely to parrot somebody else's opinion. I'd keep my real thoughts to myself. Um, I didn't really know how to do that, how to assert myself in a situation. And I was always, I always called myself very introverted. And as I started doing the campaign, it started putting me in a position of total discomfort. I was in front of crowds. I was in front of cameras. I was on podcasts. I was leading trainings. I was talking to people with this air of authority. People would come up to me and ask for my picture. I had people come up and be like, oh, can I take a picture with you? And I was like, can I take a picture with you? Like, this is, it just. And also speaking to some world huge issues shaking <laughs> issues like, and getting the chance to actually con- like all these thoughts that I'd had in my head about we need single payer healthcare I was finally in a position where people were relying on me to say it and say it loudly and firmly and proudly and I got the chance to do it you did it right because there's tens of millions of people out there mm-hmm. who believe the same thing yep who believe the same thing you believe And it just, I mean, the campaign and, like, coming into the office every day and, like, seeing people when I, I'm going to get teary. Seeing people, like, when I, when I didn't believe in myself to walk into an office full of people who were like, you were so good, you were amazing. Like, my first interview was Jimmy Dore and Jay remembers when I came downstairs, he's like, how'd you do? I was like, terrible. And I literally laid face down on the rug (laughs) at the bottom of my stairs and I lamented into the carpet fibers about how bad I was. (laughs) Campaign life usually goes a little bit like this. It's usually like Sarah saying, I hate myself today. And then Jay saying, that's great. Now we have three interviews to do in 10 minutes. That's kind of campaign life. He's like, I'm like, I'm really, uh, I'm struggling with anxiety and depression today. Everyone's like, oh boy, the cameras are here. And I'm like, smile and keep moving. And it was, it was that moment in my life where I spent two years fighting back against all these preconceived notions that had been fed to me my whole life about how I was less than, how I couldn't do it, Mm. how I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to do anything, how I needed to get back in my lane, how I needed to just remember my place. And it was pushing back against that for two years. And now... Woo boy, I am a totally different person. I am extroverted. I am out there. I have this community that I've built. I have this family that I've built of people. I, I was in the market for a new one. And so I I got this one. And honestly, like I say it every single time, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. I would do it the whole experience over again. I would absolutely go back and do it because I am so much happier and prouder and more confident in myself as a human being, not as a politician, not as somebody that does podcasts, not as somebody that does directing or leading or doing anything, but just as with my own self and my own spirit and my own, my own inner peace, I am so much happier with who I am as a person. Yeah. I will say this too, two things. One, from the first campaign picture, (laughs) <laughs> Dude, by the time I got there, I was like, "What happened to Sarah's little sister, Aww. little Sarah?" Yeah, I, I mean, did, I got a, fa- I got a divorce Junior. from my family. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't age yeah. so. Yeah, that part. Yeah, you didn't. It's not so much an aging, but a this transformation mm-hmm. that was just remarkable. You kind of went from, "I'm," you know doing a thing to I am going to gut you. <laughs> yeah. I remember taking I a picture. Like, of, a conversation to I will fight you in an alley. With yeah. <laughs> this is what I will do. Exactly. <laughs> I am going to pound this table. And um, so that was remarkable. Um, the, the other, uh, yeah, you did kind of go from sort of like very plucky sort of running for high school president is kind of what it looked like, a picture, to... 
stern librarian. Yeah, I'm not, I'm stern, stern, like, I, stern already elected woman. It's kind of like, I'm not really sure how I'm going to like these politics and doing this stuff, but my opponent's evil. Yeah. So I must be it. defeated. Always that steely gaze. But then there was, you Kind know, of the switch I went through in my life. But one thing that I think is really important, and I, I think it's a quality that we do not call out enough in leaders that we admire is that there's a difference between, and I know that during the campaign there were folks who were very, very uh, adamant about saying, oh, she's very bossy. Oh, she, oh, you can't just Proudly boss people bossy. around. Here's the deal though. Okay, you can say that, but you embody the values of servant leadership in the sense that it. we've all said it, it was a top-down opportunity for people to get in, to get their hands, in the mix mm -hmm. if they had it in them to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're not the kind of candidate nor friend nor leader that is like, do as I say, or you will do, you know, like that's not who you are, that you have a passionate resonance in your voice around issues that are impactful to many, many people right. isn't bossiness. Yeah. It isn't, it, it's, it's not passion. like it is. It matters. It matters. So, so I, I think it's fun when we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> she's a boss, a bitch. <laughs> That's fun to say. I wear that badge. I'm proud of that reality, one. reality though, mm -hmm. people who say that are ignorant. Yeah. Yep, and that's not sure. who you are. But uh, it looks like we are winding down in our discussion. So I, for one, just want to stop and say I love all of you very deeply. And I'm so excited to be on this uh, podcast podcast. We're doing it, friends. Exciting yeah. media journey. Yay, team. And I think the best way to kick this off is with a competition to see who can create the most lifelike replica Boom. Let me of the Democratic of the primary field. So this, uh, I'm going to lay so out we, some, uh, oh. some ground rules. We are going to get a pile of magnets dropped on the table for anyone that's not watching the vodka. Is listening to the podcast. Troy is doing a dramatic opening, Dum so you can feel like you're here. Um, we are going to take these <laughs> magnets and a rogue Hello Kitty. And uh, Wait, where is that? Is I'm what? taking it. Um, there's a different one right there. Thank you. <laughs> and we're going to try to make our best. Our there's best a in mine. There. <laughs> there. I don't know what is in clue. here. Clue. <laughs> so we've got some clue pieces in the dungeon with some magnets. Some Hello Kitties, and we are going to try to do our best to create. Okay, so what, what are we, we doing now? It's what we think the first stage of the Democratic primary platform debate is going to be. So it, when you get on stage for the first Democratic Party is primary this what you'll debate, see or is it people? So it's this, what you're going to see. Just, people, just create what you this, see. This, this, your one, this oh, one. I'm sorry, that fell out of mind. No, this is the, um. this is actually the hole. The hole in the center. It's yeah. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Stoller the, called the, him. It is uh, pronounced the missing Buttigieg, guy. by yeah. the way. I did not know it was pronounced Buttigieg the, oh, forever. The, the I don't favorite, know. Uh, uh, okay. What do, you, what do you call it? An epithet? Uh, epithet, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a nickname, yeah. I think. No, epithet is like... Epith it's not like epitaph a, goes on a grave. Yeah, epithet is like a nickname, is, is, is right? Like a, mat, a thing a you're known Epithet is like man killing Achilles. <laughs> is that is that what we're going for with Buddha yeah. Judge? Why do I is feel like epithet is a bad Buddha thing? Judge? Buddha Judge. Empty Pete. <laughs> Empty Pete. Um, and uh, I feel like I might be doing a little disservice to, to my gaze, but I got to tell you, friends. Um, I think he's a fine human being, but he's not my president. Not my president. 
Oh, God, these are so complicated. To I know, use. right? Okay, wait a minute. What are we doing again? Uh, we're making what <laughs> making we think art. the first Democratic Party primary will look like. Oh, or I found the stage at the first debate. Yeah, we're doing the stage um, of the first debate. I think now we're just adults um, playing with magnets. Yeah, no, no, I found a person. <laughs> that is going to be... I'm doing Tulsi it. Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> cool. All right. Okay, so this is supposed to be... Um, this is Hillary Clinton when she decides to run. <laughs> oh, no. Which one is Joe Biden? Oh. So No, I have him. So this is Joe oh. Biden inappropriately kissing someone on Ooh, the Oh, inappropriately the touching yeah. another like a snake? person. Yeah. He's, like a, like, he's, he's like a love leech. Yeah. I have got a love with y'all. I, I, I kind of forget um, I don't know who is running for president at this point. I don't. Um, I don't. I have one, I do not recall. I have one. Bill's candidate. running. I think we're Bill's all running, running. Uh, as a unit. Poopsie's running. Yep. Oh, I can't um, run because I've been. Um, I am a judge. I guess I forgot. Oh. The last election, uh, I was elected I, to judge. Oh yeah, we did. So all of us during the last election couldn't. Whenever someone runs unopposed, I don't believe in it. So if I didn't like the person that was running. Um, yeah. We all just started writing in Troy Hewitt. There were some people who were just like, I don't know who, who these judges are or what they do. I'm going to write in Troy. And I was like, that is irresponsible but hilarious. Don't oh, try that at all. What do you got, Bill? This is Beto standing on things. Oh, hey. I made a Beto super. Get off of that's damn. Beto because he's really he, he tall. He can't get off of things. Beto just stands on Beto things. Beto just keeps climbing. I got this. This and is. Shouts um, at this. Oh, uh, Beto has the same. This this just this drab. Uh, just sorry, uh, just. It's just mind-numbing uh, cadence. Uh, I, I was tired of that cadence in the Texas primary, I, man. I want to plug it into my white noise machine. It's, yeah. it's like let yeah. let me let me get in the cadence and say I, fucking I actually, nothing. I don't or remember say who nothing was running for forever. President. I really, really um, was looking forward to seeing what he had to offer, but he is, uh, you know, he's a millionaire working for um, billionaires. He's an so, I mean, I think that dude's father-in-law is a billionaire from what I I've think heard. he is. Yeah. So this Hello Kitty with a sword that I can't make magnet to it is going to be Tulsi Gabbard, who is adorable, and I have a huge lady crush on More fighting like against Tulsi's the war Gabbard, industry. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> she's fighting against the war hey, industry. Yeah, yo, um, hey, Tulsi's um, legit. This lobster monster yes. is Klobuchar because she's Wait, a lobster monster. Wait, you actually monster. like created a something? That's yeah, awesome. I did. No, that's who this is. Guess who this is. Who's that? Uh, that's Donald Trump. I was gonna say it's oh, orange. Oh, it's, it's orange. I was like, wait a minute, oh, this is supposed to be Democrats. No, my, is that Nancy Pelosi can be both interchangeable. My weak flabby legs have fallen off. Oh, I forget who's running for. Oh, this um, is um, this uh, is Stephen Yang, and it's just because he's uh, very nice and he's got four. He's got corners that are oh working God, out. What's up with the but white he's supremacist just not, chasing him around? Not really, a, like supporting. Not him really moving on past that. So, so, well, one is because Yang has gone on those platforms. Uh, and two, well, I'm oh. not against. So you know, Bernie went on Fox, right? Oh, I that's know. A, that's a good. Oh, that's a, yeah. You should you go on job, Fox. I, thought. I believe in it. I believe yeah. in my dreams. People were upset about his response to uh, earning money for writing books. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It is yeah. what you do when you write books, I guess. You sometimes. make, you earn money. I mean, he's and it's an like, activist. It's like, not he's so. Gotta this eat. is. Charles Schultz. Oh, oh I forgot about, about Charles now. Schultz. Yes. The inventor of peanuts. That's, oh, it's and, <laughs> and the venti straw. Yeah. Oh, the Trenta straw. The Trenta, <laughs> the Trenta straw. It's um, Howard Schultz, Mr. Peanut. He is. No, no, he, he is, should be. He is Mr. Peanut. He owns okay. the peanut, uh, Mr. Peanut, and he also invented peanuts. No, that's that's. 
that's Chuck, Sh- or isn't that a different Schultz? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> Is that Howard? No. It's a Schultz. It's Howard Schultz. Oh, Howard Schultz. Charles I was going to just go with it. So I was going to just let it happen. I can keep doing this joke. So, for listeners months. and viewers, it is Howard Schultz who is running for yeah. president. Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz is the creator of the beloved family comic, The Peanuts. Yeah. Snoopy for And Andrew Yang, who is this creature? Um, oh, it's Andrew Yang. Did I call him Stephen Yang? Yeah, okay. Oh no, I wrote like that thing piece I wrote. I put Stephen Yang, so I'm gonna probably edit it. Oh my god! Or I just embarrass myself. We'll just take another. Did you already right. submit it? No. Oh, I was like, yeah. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. I, I'll embarrass myself in other ways. Word is that I, I'd heard that I, I didn't see the poll. I had a buddy tell me uh, that Yang was polling above three, two or three of the corporate owned Democrats. Though. Yeah. Like, I don't think Harris, like- but. Klobuchar, Klobuchar and, a is a few, monster. and a few others. Mm-hmm. Klobuchar is a monster and yeah. she should feel bad. Yang, the Yang, I'm telling you, this... I'm a Bernie guy, but the Yang campaign is going to be interesting. It is yes. interesting as hell. Andrew Yang. Uh, this weird looking little device thing. Hello. Hello. Oh. This is Kristen Gillibrand, and it's because it looks confusing and a little oh. vaguely threatening, I thought it but was you don't know why. Gilston Krylebrand. Kristen Gillibrand. Is it? It's Gillibrand. Gillibrand. It was. Is it Gillibrand? I think. I think it's called. Ain't getting much money from small donors. That's what it is. <laughs> That's that sounds right. To I have uh, yeah yeah. Oh no joke. Um, this is speaking of no small donors. Are you gonna talk about? Uh, what did you make, corn? I made um. So this is Kamala Harris dragging um parents away from their children oh. for truancy, taking them into jail. Oh, yeah. See, ah, I, I thought you were going in a different sis. Wow. I thought you were going to yeah. be like. Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Jay Inslee, and I'm made of recycled garbage because my platform is alive. If that could just have a smile, like a euphoric smile on it, the way that she had when she was talking about. She was smoking weed. She smoked a puff or two. Probably that she confiscated from someone's farm. Yeah, but it was effective, right? I I mean, the kids started going to school. They absolutely did not. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, hi, child, who is. Behind the theater, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hello, child who needs um, medical attention at right. all times. You can't go to school. Well, guess what? Mom's in jail. Yeah, or now or, mom is or, in or, jail. or as, as D.L. Hughley Single said, because uh, he, I think, grew up where she was a D.A. or close to it, and he's like, "Yeah, I miss school sometimes because I had to walk through gang neighborhoods, and some days." I just didn't want to get beat up. Right? And here's Kamala yeah. Harris like, oh, yeah. If I'm she would have just sit- come out and said. She carries hot sauce in her purse. Would that have helped? Man, that's what she did. When she came out, she was like, I will humanize myself with condiments and weed. So I think we have a pretty good representation of the, uh, of the Democratic Party. Really and that's what it will really look, look like. We didn't really get it yes. too much into Jay Inslee, but I suppose we can do that later. Oh, uh, we will. Just like Green New Deal, the Mean New Deal. Let's just wait till he breaks 1%. <laughs> I'd like to see a really, like a really weak fist fight between him and Charles. Ooh. Ooh, yes, mm-hmm. to determine who, who is the new CEO of Starbucks. Yeah, it's yeah. Howard <laughs> Charles Schultz, but Charles Schultz, though. Howard, uh, yeah. not Howard Schultz, definitely Howard, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to give everyone a quick thank you for listening and thank you for yeah. being a part of our general Thanks weirdness so and heated discussion. It'll get weirder and better. <laughs> this has been our <laughs> very first maiden voyage of the Great Ship Better Left podcast. Toot, toot. We are also going to be launching later on a Twitch channel, and we are going to be launching uh, a written form of me 
media as well. So you can both read some stuff, listen to some stuff, watch some stuff. We have a second podcast set that's going to be coming up with a bunch of different discussion pieces. Yeah. There's going to be another one that's going to launch even later on in May. It's going to focus on pop culture and politics. Boom. Um, and I urge you all to tune in to next week's episode, which is going to have an interview with Jay and our guy Randy, who is big in the MMT movement. We're going to talk a little bit about MMT. Nice. Um, and until then, you modern know. Modern monetary theory. Modern monetary are, theory for those who aren't educated in the term. Modern the magnet term. theory. See, look. <laughs> modern mantis theory. It's all about bugs. Um, he will be here giving us a great discussion segment, so you should definitely tune into that. And in the meantime, uh, get behind your small grassroots uh, campaigns. Yeah. Join up with your local DSA, your local, local essay. Um, help out whole Washington if you can. Get off um, Facebook, get off Twitter, get in the yep, streets. Get off social media and get into the streets and do some stuff. Uh, yeah. Make sure you're also following Brand New Congress on Twitter and Justice Democrats on Twitter because they are two amazing organizations that helped me in my campaign and I want to make sure that you're watching Heck them so yeah. you can help other folks who are running grassroots campaigns just like ours. And as always, thank you for listening. Keep rejecting corporate pack money. This has been the Better Left Podcast Bye. because sometimes it's better left to you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, shuffle, shoot.